Triple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the premier podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. Shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Well, hello there. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark. As always, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you want to have a discussion around sex and disability with me. And most importantly, I'm so happy that we are talking about sexuality and disability in a public consciousness. I look at the numbers of this show, and every single time I post an episode, the numbers are currently skyrocketing. Almost 200 200 downloads of each episode within the first day of its release, which I think is just amazing. It means we want to have these discussions, and I can't thank you enough for listening to the show, talking about the show, emailing me to be a guest on the show, all the things you've done to make this show grow to what it is. It's all for you, the listening audience. It's my little hobby that's now turned into a job, and I thank you so much. But now, let's get on to the new episode. You know, we're almost 60 episodes into this series, which I can't even believe is happening. I didn't even believe we'd hit 30 And now we're almost doubling that. And it's been really, I won't say difficult, but it's been challenging to find interesting content for the listening audience. I always want to find something new, something fresh, something that is not really repetitive because I care about what you listen to and what's going to interest you in terms of this discussion around sexuality and disability. And so the last few weeks, I put a bunch of polls up on my Twitter Asking people what I should, what kind of episodes do you want to hear? What's important to you? What stuff would make you laugh? What stuff would, you know, what stuff, what kind of, just just ideas of episodes that I had to see the interest from the listening audience. And some of the things that I have, one of the ones, well, actually, the one of the ones that I got back the most when I tweeted about it was my first threesome. I put it out there kind of as a joke initially and people came back with it and said no no we this is the one we want to hear about could you could you talk about it could you could you do an episode on that and people the numbers don't don't lie I, I, almost every single poll where that was included that got almost all the hits and so i decided then to give you what you asked for and talk about my first threesome as a queer cripple so this episode, I have entitled it, got to pull it up from the Google Doc, which is where I saved it, and then I'll tell you what the, t- what the title of the episode is actually called once I get it. So this is me stalling. I could just hit pause, but it's more fun to just stall that way. The episode is called My First and Hopefully Not Last Threesome as a Queer Cripple. 
So, as always, for this episode, I made a bunch of notes about what happened, because this, this story that I'm going to tell you, the experience of my first threesome as a queer cripple, happened some years ago now, probably over, I, I want to say realistically, over 10 years ago this happened, and so I had to make notes to f- kind of remember what happened and jog my own memory as to what went down, and so... It is chock full of memories and chock full of kind of hilarious moments that I, that I might only find hilarious, but it does give you an insight into how I, how I kind of you know, wanted this threesome to go and how it actually went. In fact, I broke it up. I broke the set the the topics into three main segments. I broke it up into some uh, four main segments actually. Into some hardcore facts about me, sex, and threesome, and disability. What I wanted to have happen during this threesome. What actually happened during the threesome. And the things that I learned during the threesome for my next one as a queer cripple. So it's, I, tried to, I tried to make it super profesh and hilarious all at the same time. But let's kind of just get started. So first, we're going to do some hardcore facts about me sex threesomes i wrote down here basically that we all know that i love it we all know that i love it what i really mean there what i'm supposed to mean there is the act of sex but the truth is that i really love and who are we fucking kidding i really love intimacy intimacy gets me off if you listen to like any episode where i'm telling a personal story i pretty much allude to the fact that if that intimacy makes me come really really hard as a cripple especially you'll hear this in number in episode 18 if you go back and listen for any new listeners who haven't heard that far back yet go back to episode 18 and i'll tell you all about what kind of intimacy gets me off so another fact about me and threesomes is that i never thought i would have a threesome as we've heard and talked about on the uh, on the podcast it can be challenging to access intimacy with one person when you're disabled let alone multiple partners. So I just never believe that I'll have more than one partner at a time. The whole idea of having a threesome was like, yeah, right, two guys at one time were not going to want to be with me, the disabled guy. There's no way that's even going to happen. That's ridiculous. That's just not realistic. No way. Their ableism and my fear is going to overrun everything. No bloody way. I just never believed that I was worthy of having more than one partner at a time or that somebody would act or that multiple individuals at one time would be interested in having sex with me. And I just, I, I still, even though I, I can access regular sex a little bit more regularly now, um, don't quite believe that I can have more than one partner because I'm the disabled guy. And that's of course, that's of course ableism, you know, rearing its ugly head yet again. And throughout this episode, ableism comes up a lot. You'll hear about it, and I'm, I'll mention the ableism when it approaches. Um, I was also really young when this happened. I'm pretty sure I was a young pup of only 20 to 22. I'm pretty sure it was like, it, like I said, it was a, it was over like 10 years ago that this happened. Probably probably longer. Um, and my partners for this chosen encounter were considerably older than me. This is not a problem because I've always had a thing for daddies. 
P.S. I just bought a hat that I had made for me that says Disabled Daddies by this place in Seattle called Love It or Hat It. If you like custom hats, I'm not. I'm just plugging them because they're awesome. And the hat looks really sexy on me. You should go over there and have a look at that. Anyway, so what I wanted to happen in this threesome. So let, let me kind of delve into my fantasy idea of what this threesome that was gonna, that was ha- going to happen. What I wanted to have happen here and what my hopes and dreams were for this threesome as a queer cripple. At this point in my sexual development back in, I would say, 0405, my understanding of sex and threesomes was pretty much what I had seen on Queer as Folk. And only what I had seen on Queer's Folk, and maybe some like porn fettered in there. And you know, porn threesomes and Queer's Folk threesomes are not are are hot, but generally they're not realistic as to how the body actually works during the actual sex act itself. They are blocked and figured out a different way to create fantasy. We all know this, but this is this is this is what I considered a threesome to be, and so. Every time I pictured myself having a threesome, I pictured this fantasy and me with my disabled body in the middle. What, what I actually wrote down here was, ultimately, I wanted to be sandwiched between two guys with all my holes filled. Newsflash, I still want this to happen. This hasn't happened yet. So if anybody wants to have a threesome with a queer cripple, let me know. I wanted it to be amazing and an important marker in my sexual journey as a disabled guy. I remember that as it was a first, I felt a considerable amount of pressure to make it the best. This was again, I think, a form of ableism creeping in here. Um, because I, I, just, I put so much pressure on myself to make this threesome amazing, not just for myself, but to really please the partners I was with. Because I wanted them to love it and wanted them to be like, this disabled guy is the best. It'll be amazing. And I wanted it to be this life-affirming, life-changing thing in some way. This really life-changing moment. And I really can't even understand, even to this day, why I wanted that to be. Why I was so hell-bent on this threesome being this like great moment in my life that would change my... I think it's because... In a way, I was like, well, I'm disabled, so I'm, I'm only going to be relegated to having boring sex that's given to me by some able-bodied person. And if I can engage in this threesome, it means that I'm wild and uh, that I can do wild things too. And I can be kinky and I can be different and I can be, look at me, look at the things that I can do. And I think that's probably where it came from. I don't, I don't necessarily know if it was one, me wanting it to be a life-affirming thing or me saying, look at this, fuckers, look what I can do. So... That's probably where it came from, but I do I do think there was a lot of internalized ableism that happened there. There's a lot more to come on this episode of Disability After Dark, but first, we're going to play some ads from our awesome sponsor and some great listeners. So, we'll do that and we'll be right back on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. 
With feminist and anti-capitalist values come as you are only carry sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hi, this is Dallas Steele, and I listen to Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability with Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark is a handmade piece of crippled content created just for you. We record, edit, and produce each piece of this show to bring disability to you in a fresh, honest, and sexy way. Help us create more episodes and support crippled content creation by heading over to our Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com slash and pledging if you can. Your monthly pledge goes towards things like audio equipment, podcast hosting subscriptions, and everything we need to bring this disability-centered program to you. By pledging your support, you're showing that disability content has value, means something, and deserves a place in our media landscape. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Let's shine a bright light on sex and disability together. Connect with me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza, that's A-N-D-R-E-W-G-U-R-Z-A, and use the hashtag DisabilityAfterDark. Okay, okay. So now let's get right into it. Let's get right into what happened at this threesome and what actually happened. So you see that I wanted it to be, you know, you understand that I wanted it to be this big fantasy and I wanted it to be like the sexiest threesome with a disabled guy ever that these people had. But that's just not how it went down. That's not how it went down at all. I'm here to tell you the actual story. It's time. Get ready. It's kind of amazingly awkward in all its truth so here it is here's what actually happened for this threesome to come about as a queer cripple so i met these guys on an old sex app that i'm pretty sure people don't use anymore called gay.com anyone who's listening who may be using it feel free to correct me on this or the creators of the app if you're listening also Sorry, but I'm pretty sure nobody uses your app anymore. But back in the early 2000s, that app was like basically where gay guys went or queer guys. So many of us were probably queer, but it wasn't cool to be queer then. We were all gay. But so many LGBTQ guys went to get their rocks off, gay.com. So one day I was in university and these two men messaged me saying how hot it was that I was on there as a disabled person, and they'd like to have sex with me. Now, this was probably super ableist, but I was more excited about kind of ticking off the box, saying that I had a threesome. I was like, that's way more important. Who cares? And again, at 20 and 22, I wasn't super, like, ready to to talk about ableism. I didn't really know. I knew it happened to me, but I didn't really know what it was, and I didn't, like... And I think when you're thinking with your little head... Not your big one, especially as as a male identified person. You don't um, that stuff kind of sometimes falls to the wayside. And I was like, threesome is more important than anything else. I have to take this off my sexual bucket list so that I can be considered quote unquote normal, which now is ridiculous. But at the time, it was like really important for me to be fucked by two other guys. Um, 
So it should be noted that these guys these guys were a couple. This is important. This will come into focus later. Um, we talked about having the threesome for a few weeks. As much as I wanted to pretend I was cool with it, my nerves were definitely present. I was super nervous about it. They were charming. You know, they charmed me. They said all the right stuff. Sent me cute messages. We phoned back and forth, I think, um, on my old Nokia phone back in 0304. Um, 030405. I really can't remember the date of when it happened, but it was sometime around there. It was, yeah, it was sometime around that time. But, um, so we talked about a lot of stuff, and I remember thinking, I have to tell them about all my disability stuff. And, and I think at the time, I didn't lay out a lot of what my needs were because I didn't know what my needs were. So I would just kind of say things like, I remember typing to them. My, my go-to was, hey, I'm in a wheelchair. Is that okay? And I, I, they were like, yeah, that's fine. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. Um, and I figured that was good enough. But I didn't, you know, I didn't mention that I was in, a, in, an ele- in, a, in an electric chair, that I had a power chair, that I was a power chair user. All these things came into play when they were like, we want you to come back to our house and we'll do it there. And so then I immediately was like, well, how are we going to get my wheelchair in your car? It's impossible because my chair is 250 pounds and then there's me in it. How are we going to do all this? Um, so they were like, don't worry, we'll figure something out. Don't worry, don't worry. So it was agreed they would come get me and take me back to their house. And so, but again, we ran into the challenge of how do we get the chair in there? And this is an issue throughout my youth when guys would say, oh, just come over to my house and fuck. I would say I can't. Because my wheelchair, well, I can't get there, or your house is not accessible. And this happened a few times where really people that I was super attracted to would be like, come over, I want to fuck you, or come home with me from the bar, I want to fuck you. And I would have to be like, I can't because your place isn't accessible. Um, sorry about that. So, I mean, it happened a bunch. And so I had this issue a lot in my youth. I still have it now when, when people want me to come over to their place. But I kind of take some pleasure in watching able-bodied men try to figure out how to manage my chair and stuff, I always kind of like, oh, you want me to come over? Okay, you figure out how to get me in. You, if you really want to fuck me in your house or you really want to make out in your house or you want to do something in your place, you figure out how to do this. You figure it out. Let's figure it out. Um, or, and I like, I like, there's a little bit of a, there's a little part of me that's like, ooh, there's a power trip there. You really want to fuck the disabled guy? Okay, figure out how to take care of this. Ironically enough, and, and around the same time, like I said, even though I'm kind of titillated by the fact that they have to figure it out, they want to get with me, I'm also con- extremely concerned that me being in their place was too much for them. And with these gentlemen that I was wanting to have this threesome with, I was immediately concerned that this would be too much for them and a whole other type of ableism reared up during the process too, where I was like, oh no, now now having a threesome with this disabled guy is not going to be fun anymore. It's going to be too much work. I'm going to be too much work for them. They're not going to want to do this. Why are we doing this in the first place? I remember like distinctly having those thoughts and distinctly having those concerns when we were planning this and talking about it and all the realities. Um, of getting me there. So again, they reassured me that we would figure something out. We were going to have this threesome. It would be great. 
Of course, what we figured out was hilarious and surely looked all kinds of wrong. So the night finally came. I remember I was in second or third year undergrad law classes all day. And afterward, they'd planned to come get me. I was so excited. I was excited because I was like, I get three guys are going to Mac. Two guys are going to Mac on me. This what's going on. This is crazy. Like, this is not something that I would ever think would happen. And when I say crazy, I mean just crazy in the excited sense, not in the derogatory senses about other people. And of course not. I wanted to be to preface that. Um, but I remember being extremely excited. I'm pretty sure I paced around my dorm room for hours. So for this, you can just visualize me kind of in my wheelchair, just spinning in circles, being like, oh my God, threesome. Oh my God, threesome. Oh my God, threesome for like hours before it happened. Cause I was so nervous, but excited. And I was I, because again, I believe that because of ableism, this was nev- never something that would happen for me. So the pair, whose name I can't remember, so sorry if you're listening, showed up in a white, unmarked van. Just imagine how that looked, taking the disabled guy from his dorm room in an unmarked van. And we couldn't get my chair in the van. Couldn't do it. It was impossible because, like I said, my chair's really, like, heavy duty. So I decided to take, to help them out, I was like, I'm going to take my commode chair, which, if you don't know what a commode chair is, it's like a little shower chair that people with disabilities use to shower in. So I was like, I'll, I'll take that chair in- instead because it's lightweight and they can put that easily in the van and then it'll be easy to transport me. Right? Great. So <laughs> I'm visualizing, I'm picturing it now. It was like, it was like maybe nine o'clock that night. These gentlemen came to my dorm room who, they were strangers essentially. They came to my dorm room, picked up my commode chair took me out to their car at the front of my dorm and drove away with me. Now, I can only imagine if anybody saw me being driven away by these who, these people who are who were essentially strangers to me to take me back to their place to do things to me. It looked really bad because I'm a disabled person and because of the stigma that disabled people have when they're when they are trying to be sexual or do anything. It looks like these able-bodied men were abducting me. It really looked like I was being abducted. And, and looking back, it was something I should probably never have engaged in the way that I did. Um, so we got me in the car, in the van. I'm not really sure how we got me in the van because they had to lift me. And I remember, I remember like having troubles being lifted in the car. And I don't know how we did it without them dropping me. But I got in there and they sat me in the front with like the guy who I think was the alpha or the top, the topish guy, I sat in the front with him, and we like flirted for the the half an hour that we were there. And I remember as we pulled away, I steeled myself for this big moment. I was like, okay, I got it. I'm gonna be like super mask for mask. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna have this reason. But I was also super terrified. I wasn't really scared of anything bad happening, although I probably should have been because you know, stranger danger. I was just more concerned about ableism and and everything going terribly, terribly wrong. We drove for about 30 minutes to their country home, and they really did. They had a super, it was like in the, it was just in this really, it was in this like like little community with their big house, and they had big stairs, and it was like, it was a, it was a country home. It was like a, a sex cottage, basically, is what it looked like. Um, and we spent a considerable amount of time, once we got there, trying to figure out how to get me in the house, because they had to carry me up these big steps, and unfortunately, 
I'm dead weight. When you fuck me in my house, I have a sling. But when you fuck me in your house, you have to carry me. Which, in some instances, can be hot. But in many instances, can also be super dangerous. Because you could drop me, hurt me, and yourself. It's happened. I had a friend back in Ottawa a couple years ago who was trying to lift me into his car. And I'm pretty sure I gave him a hernia because... He was trying to get me in his car so we could, we could go get ice cream or something or food or something. And I, I'm pretty sure I gave him a hernia because I just, when you lift me out of cars, I can't help you. I'm just dead weight. So take note, anybody who wants me to, f- me to come over to your house and fuck you, if this involves putting me in a car, it's not going to happen. Come to my house and we'll use the sling for many different things. I remember that as they carried me inside the house, again, not dropping me, I'm not even sure how it happened, but I remember I remember they were huffing and puffing the whole time, which made me feel super weird because I was like, you're not huffing in a sexy way. You're huffing like, oh my God, that guy's heavy and full of dead weight. And what do, what do I do about that? And so that made me feel kind of uncomfortable for sure. Um, but I remember as they brought me inside, I looked at their home life together. I panned across their knickknacks, their pictures, and their well-off bedroom with 800-count sheets and kind of their life together. And, you know, you, when people live together, and especially when they're a couple, when they're, when they're an older couple. Now, at this point, I'm 33, but at that point, I was 20, and they were probably in their mid-30s. So for me, at that point, I was like, whoa, you're old and established. Like, great. And so you see people kind of have their lives together. And I remember looking at that and thinking, like, just for a split second before the sex, I thought this kind of togetherness will never and this idealism this home life that i'm seeing here will never actually be mine and so i I remember taking that in before we uh got with each other and i so then we fell onto the bed and i started making out with each of them now this process was i have to say of the whole experience this process was my favorite and it then the memory of this will be burned into my retinas and my whole world forever because it was literally my most favorite. I was kissed, being kissed by two men simultaneously. It was like, ha! I was so excited by this because it had never happened before. I was so excited because it really, it was like, this is all new. Which one do I focus on? Can I focus on both at the same time? It was, it was. It was there were so many neurons firing all at once, which is ironic because I have CP, so many of my neurons died at birth. But there were the few neurons that were left um, were firing at full cylinders. It, w- it was pretty great. Um, it was great and awesome until I realized that I wasn't going to be too involved in the process. There was this moment of realization where I think we all realized that I couldn't do lots. And at this point, I wasn't very sexually experienced. So, you know, I knew how to make out and like suck a dick and SMD, but I didn't really know what I could do. And I didn't really, I wasn't in a place where I could storyboard my sex and talk with them about it. It was kind of just like, you, this is something innate that you should know. And I didn't, um... And I think because they were a couple, they kind of got off more on each other, which I think is great. But I certainly didn't. There was a point where I didn't feel 
included anymore and it felt really weird because they i remember they got me off which didn't take very long because i was in my early 20s so it took maybe like I, we got off a couple times i remember which which was nice but it didn't take very long and when that was done i mean they just jerked me off with their hands which is fine but i remember wanting it to be way more than that and it wasn't um so i kind of just spent most of the time Watching these two able-bodied men on the bed next to me fuck which I admit the mechanics of that was interesting and the whole Watching them do that as a disabled person was interesting But when you watch two people fuck in front of you if you've ever been in the situation as a disabled person And if you've not been in a situation here's how it feels if you've been in a situation where You are a disabled person watching two other able-bodied people have sex in front of you you feel very inadequate because you're like, oh, my body can't do that. It's like watching a, it's like watching science because you're like, my body can't do that. Oh, that's cool that your hips can do that. Wow, it's awesome that you can move that way. At the same time as being like, oh, I can never do this. Like, why am I even here watching this? This is so uncomfortable. Like, what do I do now? I just kind of lay there in my dead turtle position watching these two men have, quote, real sex with love attached. I mean, they were a couple, so their sex was full of passion and, like, togetherness and moments that I had never had and still haven't really had in the sex that I've had. Um, and it was, like, really, again, it was really interesting to watch these two gay men engage with each other, but it was also really hard to be there knowing that I couldn't engage with them the way they probably wanted me to or the way they had assumed that I should in that moment and so my fantasy of like the threesome and all the things that I wanted it to be really really faded away in that moment that was really hard for me I was watching a scene from the hit HBO show Insecure with Issa Rae who I adore I was watching her show a few weeks ago and there was a scene where one of the characters uh, he's a black man and he had sex with these two white girls and they were talking about him like during the scene where he, you know that they, they've fucked certain black men and it was like this and the look on his face reminded me of the look on my face when I was with these guys because it was like they wanted to try me out and they wanted to see what it was like to sleep with a with a disabled guy like was I just a crippled kid they wanted to, to, to try out or to help out to engage in sex. And I remember feeling really strange about it and really uncomfortable about, you know, being there and why I was there. And I didn't I certainly didn't feel like an equal in the three marina. A hilarious part of this story is that at the end of the encounter, I guess during our during the jack off session, I farted. Or what I thought was a fart. Actually I sharted on these on this couple's eight hundred count thread. 800 thread count sheets I farted on their sheets and I left a giant stain on their sheets coincidentally they drove me home and never ever called me back and that was the joy of my first threesome full of ableism over expectation and shit apparently um yeah so that's kind of the story about it, what, what it was and now I want to share with you from that experience which happened over 10 years ago what i'd like to have happen for my next threesome
because I'm sure after listening to this, two other attractive male-identified individuals are going to want to have a threesome with me, right? So what this first threesome taught me as a queer cripple, the major thing it taught me is that I need to have sex with more disabled people. Because we're awesome and we're sexual unicorns and I've only had sex with the one. I'm sure there will be a podcast episode all about it. Um, But I need to have sex with more disabled people because I need to look at the body differently again. And I need to confront my own ableism again continuously. It's a never-ending process, this ableism thing, especially internalized ableism. So I need to fuck some more cripples. So, uh... Hot, disabled, male-identified, queer cripples. Let me know. Let's talk to each other. I want to have another one soon. That's what it's taught me, too. It's been over 10 years since my last one. I gotta... I need to have some sexy times with some other multiple people. Let's So let's figure that out. If anybody wants to engage in some sexy times with me in a threesome, I'm down. Let's have a threesome with a queer cripple. Anyone? Anyone? Um... I learned that having sex with an able-bodied couple as the only disabled person in the room is fetishizing as fuck and really uncomfortable, but also in some ways, thanks to science and me watching them do it, not really uncomfortable, but primarily uncomfortable. Um, I also, in writing all this stuff down and thinking about this experience again, I wonder now, have other disabled people have threesomes with able-bodied people or disabled people or orgies or things like that, tell me your stories. I want to hear your stories about your threesomes as disabled people because I want to shatter the myth that we can only have sex with one person at a time because we're disabled, which really probably isn't a myth, but is, again, internalized ableism. And lastly, and I think most tellingly for me, for me in this experience, Ableism is your fourth partner in the threesome. It's there the whole time, and it was there the whole time for me. So we have to combat ableism all the time, especially sexual ableism, but especially if we're considering having sex with multiple partners, because then the ableism doubles, because we're like, what if the other person feels that way too? And all the things things occur that way, so we have to think about it that way too. Ableism is your fourth partner bedfellow when you're having a threesome. Well, there you have it. That was my first experience having a threesome as a queer cripple, and hopefully not my last one. Hope you enjoyed the awkwardness and the ableism in telling that story. I'm glad I could share it with you, and we'll talk to you in about two weeks. In the meantime, leave me a review on iTunes, my website, Twitter. Talk to me, and let's get some more episodes happening and some ideas for more episodes. I want to hear from you because I want to make sure that the episodes are as intersectional as and as honest around the experience of sex and disability for you. So get at me guys and let's have a discussion. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, read my blogs or book me to bring disability to you head over to www.andrewgerza.com. Also, if you're listening to this in iTunes, please rate and review us so more people can find the show. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Just a brief production note. Disability After Dark is now going every two weeks, 
every other Monday at 5 a.m. So you won't hear us next Monday, but you'll be able to download a new episode every two weeks, Monday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Copyright Notice This program was created and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Any and all materials, including graphics, music, and audio recordings are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.